0: Because I became a nurse, I was able to do something and help him during like one of the probably the most scariest times of his life.
1: You are listening to Penlight, a podcast that strives to reignite a passion for nursing for those who've lost it. My name is Maggie McGrath, and I'm a travel nurse. I'm opening up a space for nurses to vent, to laugh, to share ways and how they cope with stress and to offer guidance for change. As nurses, we dedicate our lives to improve the health of others. It's time to shine a pen light on nurses and nursing to improve our own health. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Pen Light, a podcast that shines a light on nurses and nursing. And it has been a long time. For those who don't know, Matt and I got engaged. <laughs> Which led me to take a step back from the podcast to make room for wedding planning. But I'm so happy to be back on the mic and talking to this episode's nurse. She is a fellow traveler who has been a nurse for how long? Ten that? years. Ten? Really? Eleven Ten? years oh, yeah. next, next True. month. True. Oh, my God. Yeah. Working in a bunch of different units, mm-hmm. and our paths have crossed a couple times. So yes. I'm super excited to have Ariel on the
0: podcast today. Hey, everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this so is
0: my first time. <laughs> this is your first time on a podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I'm Ariel. I've been a nurse for, again, 10 years, That's going insane. on 11. Yes. Um, I started out in telemetry. And then I worked my way into orthopedic surgery, but I've also mm. stopped in between, like wound care, um, endoscopy, which I'm currently in now. Mm. I've traveled probably a total of five years, but I've had a break like in between that yeah. five years. But you five years total. You did wound totally. care
1: like for a couple years. Yeah, in between, I did wound right? care
0: for like two years permanently. I'm actually in the process of pursuing. My uh, certification. (laughs) Um, I really like wound care. It's like my side specialty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People look at me like I'm crazy, but yes. I I actually
1: I've considered doing wound care too. I love it. It's just
0: I worked in a um, advanced wound care center, so we different types of treatments that they do not use in the hospital setting, which was interesting. That's like that gravitated um, me. But the actual wound care center that I worked in was in a hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was sent to Florida for like training for a week. Mm-hmm. Hyperbaric Dang. oxygen um, operator and getting That's my cool. certification in that. So like that was interesting.
1: Did you ever so. have to use maggots? Yes. Did, you, did I tell you my maggot story? No. I had a patient my last assignment that I was at. It was a guy who had like this poor guy had like so many like stage fours. He had like a couple Mm -hmm. stage fours, and we were doing maggot therapy on one of them. And he was like pretty contracted, but the only arm he could use purposefully was his left arm. Mm -hmm. And the maggot therapy was on his left hip, and we put the maggots on, and they looked pristine when I left. This is going when I left. When I get back on the shift, I find out that he had dug under and the mat, and he was in a um, what's those? It was like a big like oh, it was like a water bed almost. Mm. What are those beds? Oh, Envelib- the specialty bed. Oh, okay. It was a specialty bed, uh-huh. and so there, it's like a sand bed.
0: Yes, I know exactly what maggots,
1: you're maggots all in the bed, like in the crevices. They're like. Now, had who had to clean out. it out? <laughs> I I was not prepared at 7 a.m. I was like, I'm sorry. You what? want me
0: to do what? What?
1: <laughs> like, I had never. I, oh. And so I got in there. And I'm like, and I know. And they had, like, cleaned up most of it. Actually, the night nurse before was the angel woman mm-hmm. and cleaned up, like,
0: most of it. God bless her. But soul. there was still,
1: <laughs> but there was still, like. You know, they're like we had to find them and we took suction tubing after the wall, hooked it up to suction and we were like sucking them up out of the bed and
0: yeah. i <laughs> so. i mean it's crazy because it's like wound care so you're thinking like anything that you know imagine the smells imagine how yeah. it looks like but like maggots freak me out i could do everything else oh. but maggots she i was so
1: grateful that she had like done most of the stuff but she didn't tell me because you have to count them Mm -hmm. like because they're expensive maggots Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she didn't tell me that she put them in a cup and left them in the room (laughs) and so i'm charting and i look over and there's just this like cup moving (laughs) yes like like a live mess of maggots like on the windowsill and i lost it
0: yeah i would have
1: freaked out <laughs> i would have had to go home I'm Sorry, like i can't well, like I can't it's too early trip. for this it's 7 45 i can't yeah
0: it's that. just but crazy. i i've
1: i've considered wound care there's just something about
0: like making it making it better and like getting the debridement like getting it out i would actually have so it was a five i worked um five days a week No weekends, no holidays, but five days a week. And pretty much like some of these patients we would see five days a week, every week. Sometimes we see you twice a week. Um, And so actually documenting, we took pictures every time the patient would come in for their appointments. Mm -hmm. So actually seeing like
1: the the time
0: frame and like the progression of their healing. And sometimes you see like the backtracking, you know, you can tell, okay, week three, The wound's still looking this way. Let's use a different type of treatment. Yeah. And so, like, that was the interesting thing about it, you know, using different treatments and, like, actually seeing the progression. And Mm
1: -hmm. once
0: we healed the patient, we rung the bell. And that was a very (laughs) special, like, moment because the patient, you know, knew that they were healed and they anticipated you know, coming in like, you know, I think my wound is healed. I think we're going to ring that bell today. And you look really and you're sweet. like Yeah, it was, it was, I love that job. I really yeah. did. Um, You know, you get to, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. I'm a personality. I got to, <laughs> you know, see patients and give them that, that confirmation. Like you're mm-hmm. doing, you're in the right direction. Like you're headed in the right direction. Just keep going. Yeah, We're going to heal this wound. And we did. Um, we worked with, plastic surgeons endocrinologists Mm -hmm. um and wound care was their specialty so like that was you know the first thing they did was be a plastic surgeon so our plastic excuse me plastic surgeons would um patients that had maybe more difficult wounds that needed surgical intervention boom they Mm -hmm. were right there so it was like I liked it You know, they had the resources readily available.
1: And I feel like as a wound care nurse, like, you're pretty respected.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, through, you know, everybody is listening to you and making your recommendations. It's funny that you said that because we were on the same level as the emergency room. So, often, emergency rooms calling over to us like, hey, you have a nurse available that can come, Mm -hmm. you know, doctors as well, that can come look at this and... Give recommendations. Yeah, um, that's happened to me before, and I, I went over to the emergency room um, with the doctor. Matter of fact, we ha- it was a homeless patient whose leg basically it looked like a tr- like tree bark. Oh, maggot! That sucks. All coming all. Not over medical it. maggots. Yeah, real it was real maggot. <laughs> maggot. But the patient didn't feel it because so much dead skin was yeah. on his leg. So like. It was funny because the doctor was like, "Yeah, you know, we see maggots on his leg." And at first, you're like, "Where?" <laughs> then it's like she pointed like, to one, and then once you pointed you to the one, you see of all it. of them. Oh, and it was like, well, "What? What do you recommend?" And it's like, "You got to take him to the OR. He needs like an extensive washout." Yeah, you know, it's really nothing we can do. Yeah. And so like we, the doctor ended up recommending that, and they they did that for him. But it was just like. Wow, that's okay, interesting. Very uh, interesting. Yeah, that's on my bucket <laughs> list of things to yes, do. Yes, you should do it. Mm-hmm. I think you will like it. Yeah. You will like
1: it. What's something after 10 years or like what have you taken from being? How many assignments have you done? Have you Man, counted?
0: I don't I haven't counted, but most of my assignments I ended up staying there a year. Oh, yeah cuz i liked it and then I, I can be a creature of habit and i got comfortable but like if i like it then mm-hmm. i didn't really at the time didn't really see a point of leaving mm-hmm. seems like this is happening now <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cuz i've been in You're endoscopy like eight. about yeah since august and we're we're in, in february. february
1: so like 6 yeah. Yeah. 6
0: months and i renewed till may you so, did. Yes, I did. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I renewed till May, oh. so I'll be here till May. Yep. What
1: but, have um, you found? Like, like, have you taken away? Like, like, what have you valued at at um, the different assignments? Like, is there like a is there like a common denominator that would like make up a like what your idea of like a good unit like? Um, because <laughs> I feel like as travelers we have this kind of unique um opportunity that we can really create an ideal unit based on like you know picking out little things that worked really
0: well at different places like well I feel like I mean you said it right there the 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 um plus side of being a traveler I feel as though I feel as though like when you work in different hospitals, different areas, like you said, you take your experiences with you. So Mm -hmm. when you're in a um, an environment and you, you know, you can give it's easier for you to give like maybe your suggestions, your recommendations or, you know, I like me personally. I'm very outspoken. So Mm -hmm. I liked going to staff meetings of the different units Mm -hmm. that I worked on. And a lot of times we were like, we didn't have to go because I'm not staff, but I took that opportunity to go because I like to give like my suggestions. If I see something that could have a little bit more better improvement. Yeah. And I've seen this done somewhere else better. Right. Like, you know, how about we try this way? Mm -hmm. You know, it may work. And a lot of times when you're the outside looking in, it's, it's it's easier to like suggest, make those suggestions. Because sometimes when you're involved in it or when you're smack dab in the middle of it, you don't really see
1: yeah. totally. different
0: perspectives. Like you don't see like, okay, well, because you've been in that environment for so long. So mm-hmm. it's like, maybe this is the way, but it's like, no, how about we try it this way? It yeah. might work better for you. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, let's try it this way. You know what? it is working better you know what I mean so yeah. it's just like I think that that is the greatest advantage of being able to take to take your experiences literally with you everywhere that you work um, yeah even if it's not something that is like put out there for everyone else to know it's something that you can take with you as your end indiv- as an individual like okay I I can go about this differently, or I can do it this way because mm-hmm. I learned that the last, uh, the last assignment, you know, it didn't work out this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, that's what I would, yeah, think is like the, the decent, neat thing about it about being a traveler, exposing yourself to different. Environments, exposing Mm -hmm. yourself to different situations, because, like I said, sometimes being in one department or being in one area for so long, you don't know that hey, there is a different way.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. Absolutely, I remember being a I in the opposite um, sense. I remember like my very first travel assignment. I was coming in, and I would, like, say, like, well, you know, at the last place I, I was at, we did it this way. Mm. And people were kind of like,
0: well, you're, well, not, you're there. not there. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said that. You're not there.
1: <laughs> but I was, like, thinking in the sense of, like, well, I want to help you. Like, that that unit was, like, a brand-new unit trying to figure out how to do things. And But I think being a traveler, like, going to different different you know some seeing how different systems do things like there is like a unique job there's got to be like I've been thinking about how this will affect me or like what kind of job I'm being prepared for like with all of this experience like I'm feel like there should be some like quality improvement like job
0: or like well what I feel is though being exposed like as a traveler um going to different hospitals, seeing like different systems and just even being in different areas of nursing. Mm -hmm. I feel as though if anything is building your confidence level as a nurse. Totally. Um, You are, you may, I mean, you may not feel like, well, I feel personally speaking, I feel as though it's built my confidence, like in terms of, hey, you know, I've been in orthopedic surgery, I've been in telemetry, I've been in rehab, I've been in endoscopy mm-hmm. pre op. Like I'm really like
1: throw whatever you want at me and yeah, I will I, handle can, it. I can handle it. And if yeah, it's something I, I haven't
0: been like for instance, endoscopy pre op is my first it's, this is my first time in this field. Yeah. And when I took the assignment, I'm like, Well what am I gonna be doing? <laughs> yeah. And then she's like screening, placing IVs. Placing IVs. Now, I've been a nurse for 10 years, but placing IVs, I can honestly say it wasn't my strong suit Mm, at all. Mine either. The reason why, because in the field, you may have to place an IV. You may not, you know. Most places
1: have IV teams and you don't have to do
0: that. It's just a skill
1: that you you don't get to practice unless you are literally a
0: phlebotomist or someplace where like this. And then if you're on the floor and you need an IV, if Maggie, I know you know how to place IVs. I'm <laughs> going to ask you, "Hey, Maggie, can you Yeah. Do you right. a like, big favor? Ah, uh, you know, they're a hard stick <laughs> like I'll I'll wash your patient for you. Like, you know, you do little yeah. nursing things. That yeah. You you do nursing incentives. But um I I realized that like it builds your 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 confidence and you know, like you said, you can throw something my way and I won't back down. You mm-hmm. know, I know that after maybe a little pep talk with myself, yes. I can do it, I've and that's what happened furious. when I came here. And I'm like, "Dang, we're putting in IVs like like nobody's business. Huh? Let me go home." <laughs> I went home, went on YouTube, humbled myself, went yeah. on YouTube. I did that too. I knew the technique, but I haven't done it. So yeah. when you when you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So like, I went and I. I I practiced on banana in <laughs> terms of placing the IV. And then it's like one day I came into work and I just was like, there was a nurse here, a traveler that was here before um, both of us. She left like right before you started. She was like the IV queen. Yeah. And she would always place my IVs like, oh, you know, yeah. no worries. Cause I yeah, used yeah. to make it like, I used to have it weigh heavily on me cause I felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't competent. Like mm-hmm. I could do everything else. I hate, that feeling that feeling of like dang I can't place IVs and this is something that we need to know how to do and it's Mm -hmm. like I feel like I'm slowing us down slowing everybody down everyone's looking at me like oh you're a terrible nurse you don't know how to place IVs
1: which (laughs) is not that's not
0: exactly exactly. like like you're the only one thinking that but that was you know that was what was weighing heavily on me and then one day I was just like you know what and now you just like Throw them in. Exactly. See, and that's an example of when you get in your own way. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I literally had to tell myself, like, Ariel, you know what you're doing. Just Mm -hmm. do it because you won't get better at it if you don't do it. So you have to literally throw yourself. So I literally just started volunteering pretty much. Yeah, hey, you need an IV. I'll do your IV. And just being confident from the moment I sat down mm-hmm. to the moment I'm cleaning up my, you know, my my mess, my messy area. So it's like I just had to really get out of my own way so that I was able to flourish. Yeah, and I think that that's in life. That's pretty much.
1: Yeah, it happens <laughs> what in traveling all do. the time, mm-hmm. especially because like you have one or two days of orientation and mm-hmm. then you're on your own. And so if you don't figure out like how to do things like very quickly, Mm -hmm. then very quickly you are stuck in a situation where you don't know how to do something and nobody else is around to help you. And like, there's been so many times where I'll like work myself up, like, God damn it. Like, I wish I knew how to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I can figure it out. I will figure this. Like you got it. Yeah. I will figure this out and it
0: will be fine. Right. Exactly.
1: I wanted to talk to you about something that we were talking about. Like a couple weeks ago, there mm-hmm. was a issue. Um, going back to like common denominators, or like seeing things from different hospitals, VIPs, <laughs> and oh. the way that different hospitals deal with VIBs VIPs or a VIP in in the hospital is like somebody that you give special treatment to because of, you know, a certain Their status.
0: It could be status. a doctor's family member. It could be the the president of I don't know. It could be, yeah, anyway, some someone. They, they've
1: been deemed a special patient and you have to, you know, do give them extra special attention that may, you know, give another patient less attention or it affects you, you know, like I've seen some patients get like shrimp cocktail in the hospital. Mm. I've seen like, there was another, there was a hospital I worked at where you had a, they were like the top floor, it was in um, New York city. Mm -hmm. They were in the very top floor and they had a one-to-one nurse patient ratio. They were not an ICU patient and it was like a hotel room. And like, it was like this, this floor that was like like immaculate didn't look like a hospital mm-hmm. and like only certain nurses would go up there like and like they would just like it was just so <sighs> in, in and i'm sure you like do bitch work the whole time right, i'm sure right. like you know Pretty sure. and you uh, like ass kissing
0: ass it's uh, yeah no, so i i feel as though um i feel as though the VIP culture within healthcare needs to be, like, discontinued stat. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, as long as I've been a nurse, um, I've always heard, when you're in report, such and such is VIP. This is Dr. Daniel's, and that's some given, Dr. Daniel's mom or (laughs) whoever, and you're looking like. OK,
1: like now, I'm going to treat them with respect exactly. like
0: I treat everybody else with respect. Right. Now, I do understand that. See, me, like you said, I'm going to give I don't care if you're the CEO of the hospital or the janitor of the hospital. I'm still going to. Hello. How, have a good day. I'm going to still treat you the same. I also feel like as a nurse, um, I don't really care when you tell me <laughs> that a patient is VIP. Why? Because with the same regards, I treat all patients the same. I feel as though sometimes when you put out that VIP, um that VIP uh, title to, you, know, you give that that title to a patient, it can make some people want to tighten up, want to be on their, their P's and Q's, you know, mm. want to make sure they put their poker face. And I feel as though That changes who you are. Like you should be able to be that same person regardless if I told you that was a VIP patient or not. I feel like
1: it puts me more on edge. Yeah, it puts you on edge. Like the other day, I think you were screening the that VIP patient. They were in B or C. And I I think they hadn't told you yet, but somebody had like (laughs) grabbed me and told me, like, oh, they're VIP. And I was like, okay and i was like all fucking like <laughs> nervous and then i tri- put the iv in and i missed it mm-hmm.
0: and, and you probably like, would have got it i would it.
1: never I, don't, I wouldn't have thought twice about it if i hadn't had known that's why i don't feel as
0: though it should be a discussion it shouldn't that honestly should be very if a patient is like a high pro- profile patient okay so yeah. don't tell me because honestly it should be expected that your nurses are giving the quality care to every single person yeah. that steps a uh, foot through this hospital. Well, and
1: then I think like you know, communication gets messed up because then some people, like there's not a protocol. Like if you're VIP, these are all the things mm. that you get. It's like, okay, one person will tell that, well, you know, have in their mind that you're a VIP and will give you, ex- have expectations or create expectations on what you should, what care you should receive. And then, that's not enacted, that's not, like, it just creates all of this, like, surrounding stress, like, there was an issue, like, you know, the whole nursing team was getting recognized for their, for their, um, you know, doing well, their, like, patient satisfaction scores, and we were pulled out of it,
0: out of the... We were having uh, out a of they the gave ceremony
1: a <laughs> to treat this VIP mm-hmm. who was not supposed to be screened during lunch hour because nobody is screened in lunch right. hour
0: because everybody is allowed to have a lunch. But that was the irony of it. It was so ironic. Yeah, that was the irony of it. So, like, we were being rewarded for our scores with a nice lunch provided by a physician. And then they turned around and interrupted our lunch. And pulled you so that you could get the fuck back to work.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I had like
0: a 25-minute lunch. Thank you. Love you. Mean it. (laughs) Right. Get back to work. But what it was, it was that situation was just like, again, and that we'll be in here talking for hours, but like that situation was like I felt taken advantage of. Because now what it was presented, it was presented like it was an emergency that the patient needed to be seen. Once I was in an area where the physician was able to speak to me alone, come to find out it was not that emergency situation. They wanted to basically, again, give this like catering type of um, treatment to a VIP patient, to a husband of a Quote VIP patient, mm-hmm. and it was like really. Now in that matter, I was very gracious for our manager who stepped up and defended me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and addressed that with the physician. Um, and she rightfully so, you know. But I mean, let's be honest, that doesn't really happen often. Right. So I really commended our manager for stepping up in like you know, um, uh, you know. Just defending me in that right. moment. Because, because uh,
1: you wouldn't have felt at like there was no way that you were gonna no or say no say like, any like what I'm gonna yeah. say. <laughs> yeah.
0: But see, that's when we need I I don't know, you know, I don't wanna go off topic, but I feel as like, so though that's when these managers and stuff have to be backbones mm-hmm. to their staff. Because in this field you have physicians that like to Bare their chest and show their credentials and make it look like you're just a nurse. Yeah. And although I am one to very, you know, speak up for myself, you know, when we had when there's situations like that, I feel like it's very important for managers. Managers, you are, you know, you're you have to protect your your staff. You know, you have to stand up for your staff. And I really commended her for that because that showed me a lot, honestly. Yeah. And um. Yeah, but that was a a crazy situation. Um, And the perfect example of like, okay, (laughs) I didn't give this patient anything different than what I normally give. Yeah. All I did was gave him like part of my lunch hour, like pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah, I just feel as though we should cancel the VIP culture altogether. Honestly, when I have family members, like when my father was in the hospital, um, I told him, don't tell them i'm a nurse yeah because i've even been around like oh such and such daughter is a nurse so you you're tightening up and mm-hmm. you're making sure you're on your p's and q's so for a while maybe a first week or so they did not know <laughs> They'll i was find a nurse out eventually. but they knew eventually because i was coming in there asking for specific things that mm-hmm. a, a basic you know a, a basic person wouldn't know to ask for so like eventually they learn but I don't want you acting any different you treat my family you treat you should treat we should as nurses be treating each and every one of these patients as if they're our own mother father brother grandfather grandmother sibling Mm -hmm. cousin (laughs) best friend boyfriend girlfriend Mm -hmm. husband wife like we should be treating them like that this is like our profession is very unique and it's like we're here to care yeah. And, and we're here to, to help the sick. Like, you know, we have to, it's, it's a very challenging, I mean, profession, it's not for everybody. If you're not able to do that, then you need to really reconsider mm-hmm. maybe your line, of, your, your line of work, honestly.
1: And I think because, and those people that don't act in that way, that, you know, the patient is their aunt, mother, brother, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, those people are the ones that are burned out. Mm -hmm. because of so many other factors and then so like you know they have stuff that they need to work through that they're not able to work through and then their actions reflect the rest of the nurses so then now we have these well this is a vip you need to treat them this way Mm -hmm. it's like
0: it's because you're trying to keep up with who you're really not if you Mm -hmm. if you are that type of person it comes naturally You don't have to overexert yourself. You don't have to reach all deep down in your soul to try to (laughs) (laughs) like it. It's it's a natural thing. So you don't have to put on a front. Mm -hmm. You can work your 12-hour shift, 10-hour shift, doing being exactly who you are because that's who you are. It's only harder. It's hard for those people that's not really, you know, we let's be honest, call a spade a spade. We have, you know, people that aren't as compassionate in this field and mm-hmm. you realize that those nurses are usually the ones who are given the harder, harder times, whether it's by patients, by their family members, <laughs> and by somebody, yeah. like people can, people, you know, we're human. So yeah. like I can, without your nonverbal cues are very, very apparent to me, yeah. especially as one who can read into that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, we really have to, I feel like as a nurse, you really need to, love what you're doing there's yeah. no other way around it you know because it's reflected when you don't love what you're doing it's reflected in your actions it's reflected in your facial expressions mm-hmm. your, in your voice in your attitude everything yeah um so you can easily tell those who love what they do versus the ones that are maybe burnt out tired they don't want to be a nurse anymore i don't know but yeah. i can usually tell <laughs> yeah and it, i mean it, it's you understand, but at the end of the day, it's bigger than you. Like, you got to... These are people that are sick. These yeah. are people that do not, you know, the fear of the unknown. And, you know, people express themselves in all different types of ways. And, yes, there's a thin line between, like, being compassionate and being disrespected. But... Did you feel
1: like... Because when you were on the other side, Mm -hmm. like when you were a family member, Uh did you feel any kind of like empathy towards those nurses, Mm -hmm. like because you knew what they were going through? Or did you really feel that as a family member, like, you know, you need to show up for my dad right now?
0: (laughs) It's funny. I expected those nurses to be like how I am with people.
1: Yeah, I would, too.
0: So, I I was more critical. Yeah. (laughs) I was more like, yeah, okay, (laughs) this Foley (laughs) needs to be changed. It's more than two-thirds full right now. We got to do something about it. Exactly. But see, that can be, a don't know. It could be a gift or a curse because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm I'm expecting you to be how I am. And if I'm very attentive Mm -hmm. to certain things, compassionate, I show... You know, empathy, all the not the whole nine. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm expecting you to do that with my own father. Mm-hmm. Like I do this to complete strangers' fathers. Yeah. And and act as though you know what I mean. Yeah. Whether they're white, black, orange, yellow, green, whatever. Like, so I need you to do that with my own father, yeah. my own family member. Like I need you to be that type of person again. The downside of that, you can't have... Everyone is not going to be who you want them to be, and everyone is not you. Yeah. <laughs> but I was grateful that... I would have so much trouble with that. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, it was I'm going to do everything. And honestly, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did everything. I know how to operate the IVs. It's beeping. I'm not waiting 20 minutes no. for you to come in here. I'm going to yeah. turn it off. Oh, this is done. And then it's like, okay, I can make his bed. I can bathe him. I did everything, I'm not going to lie. And I probably, that added to the mental stress because mm-hmm. I took on everything. But I wanted to make sure that everything was done the way that it needed to be done yeah. to ensure that my dad, you know, was comfortable. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing, being him being comfortable. So I just did what I had to do. But like I said, I kind of took that stress with me, mm-hmm. took it home, <laughs> brought it to the hospital, took it back yeah. home. Like, And then also working in between that, that time. Period. So it's
1: a, it's, it's, I'm not looking forward to the day when I have to be in that position and working and being present at work, showing up for your patients and going to the hospital and showing up for your dad and like.
0: It was, it was like, so. You guys don't know. My dad recently passed away last April 17th. He was diagnosed suddenly with a rare disease called HLH, which is hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis. It's a rare disease of the immune system. It's a rare disease of the immune system, and um, it basically has a prognosis of like three to six months of living and he he passed six months after being diagnosed completely healthy guy he was 60 years old so when he the minute he was first diagnosed you know I'm working nights and I'm working three 12-hour shifts so like I often resort back to like dang I'm really grateful because I was working night shift Mm -hmm. so I could spend nights when I'm off at the hospital he was in Fredericksburg so I'm driving from Laurel to Fredericksburg pretty much like every other When I'm not at work, Insane. I was at the hospital. It was very, very challenging being on the opposite side. Never really realized, like, I don't think anything can really prepare you just for, like, when you know too much. That's what really yeah. got me. I knew too much. I know every, I know the next step before it occurs. So, mm-hmm. like, on one side, it brought my dad peace. Because I was able to say, hey, this is what you're going to expect. Mm-hmm. On the, the other side, it jacked me up. Yeah. Like, because I'm, like, constantly thinking, yeah. worrying, trying to map out the next step. Like. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, even to the point where, like, he ended up, he passed suddenly, honestly, um, from sepsis related to um the chemo that he had to do for the disease it's it's cancer like it's not cancer it acts like cancer Mm -hmm. um so when I walked in you know they were coding him and it's like I'm looking at the machine and I already knew they're about to intubate what did they do they intubated him and Mm -hmm. it was kind of like I guess in a way it brought me like peace in some aspects because I just knew what the outcome would be yeah but on the flip side it's like dang I just know too much like I don't want to yeah know so much like I kind of wish it was like a surprise like
1: it's a um, blessing and a curse
0: yeah but if I really think about it it's more I'll count it more as a blessing than anything because I was able to keep him comfortable for 6 months mm-hmm. while we're trying to figure out what the hell is this disease never heard of it mm-hmm. this primary cause or the primary um yeah cause of it is hereditary which we have no one in our family yeah. secondary is acquired just happens could happen after a cold could happen after a virus and it's just like he's a musician in Florida on the gigs yeah Like, how? How? The only symptoms he had was, like, loss of appetite and fatigue. But that was because later on, I've explained, I've learned that because it also affects your, like, your spleen and, like, your white blood, your red blood cell, like, all that stuff. It's all affected. He was anemic. So, it's like, okay, well, that's where the fatigue came from. But Mm -hmm. those were his only symptoms. It wasn't until he came into the hospital, it's like, everything is kind of, like, hits. And I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah. this is coming, this is nursing full circle. Yeah. So in a way, I look at it as, you know, grateful that my parents, you know, cultivated that passion. And Mm -hmm. I went to school, I became a nurse because I was able to do something and help him during like one of the, probably the most scariest times of his life. Yeah. And to the point where he wasn't sad that, you know, this was happening to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I felt so. like
1: you probably felt all the different types of emotions because you're a nurse and know what's going on. But also it's a super rare disease. You have no idea what the hell that is. And you're just like have to, you know, believe With like I'm
0: being told what right. you're being
1: told. And like he, I can HLH, I like the I don't I can't even say the whole like <laughs> the word, the yeah. words like can you like imagine like being a family member that has like no Mm -hmm. experience and like you know just learning like you know we have patients like that every single day
0: exactly and that's why I was like dang I found myself being on the same side as most of these patients and and family members that we get every day that just sitting there and just taking whatever the doctor is saying to them but Mm -hmm. see the difference is I went home and I just researched yeah every day research yeah the downside of it is there's not much research because and that's why it's rare yeah (laughs) but I mean I mean I did my research and got through it in a day yeah (laughs) but I just kept even still just kept rereading 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 trying to make sense of everything now his cause of death was sepsis um but it was kind of like he was a ticking time bomb. we knew that it was going to happen, but like you said, the most scariest thing is not having enough information on a disease process that killed my father, mm-hmm. and it's like it's my father, it's not a distant family member right it's like right so now I'm like on the quest to try to learn more and do what I need to do in terms of genetic testing mm-hmm. to help protect my my brother and I, and it's like. That's even mind-boggling because mm-hmm. it's just like, dang, it feels like a thief. Like yeah. I just stole his life because I know nothing about this disease. Really. Yeah. No one does. Even GI. It's considered a GI uh, hematology type thing. But, like, you speak to those physicians. No one. They've seen cases, but, of course, it's not a good ending. So it's like... Mm-hmm. They don't even have the answers that they're they were looking for, and yeah. it's kind of like,
1: and you have you know? to like base off base research off of like case by case mm-hmm. basis, you know. Right. If we, if, if you could say something to your former self mm-hmm. around, you know, like in the thick of it, like if you know, or if like, really, like if you could. If there's a nurse listening that is going through similarly to what you're going through mm-hmm. you know a family member in the hospital trying to navigate that like that stress doesn't have to be a nurse could be you know anybody just like navigating like their family members being in the hospital is there something that you wish you would have known or some kind of advice that you could give them
0: struggling right now um take care of your mental as like broad as that sounds, it's really like important because a lot is going through your mind. I, I honestly, when my father was sick, I put so much time, like I said, I'm, I'm still working. So I'm caring for complete strangers as my father is sick in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm in working in DC he's in Northern Virginia My phone is like, my anxiety is just off the chain. And I'm like, as soon as my phone rings, I'm like, is it my dad? Is it my dad? Is it the hospital? Is it the hospital? I shut down. I wasn't going out with my friends. I wasn't because I was so invested on just making sure my dad was good. My mother lives in New Jersey, where I'm from. And I even stopped going to New Jersey for that first six months as often as I used to because I'm like I can't leave because my dad needs me close if rewinding the hands of time I wish that I did make more time to take just have that saw moment mm-hmm. take those days off mm-hmm. if you have support allow other people to step in and and assist you even if it's like a friend wants to take you out and for dinner or something and just Try to clear your mind some way, somehow, because I noticed that dealing with that, and then when my dad died, I never had a chance to really deal with the stress that I was going through with him being in the hospital. Then it was like I was hit with his death, and now I'm about to take on a whole different aspect of stress. And all it did was merge in together. Mm-hmm. So now, fast forward as I'm in like the morning phase and trying to like heal. It, I realized it was it's harder now because like I'm still trying to un unload. The stressors that I had back when he was hospitalized.
1: Yeah.
0: Dealing with things that I was dealing with when he was hospitalized. Even when he got out of the hospital, he was out of the hospital for like three months. And then I had to put him back in. Mm-hmm. Or three, maybe three weeks. Maybe two. Yeah, it was, excuse me, it was like two months. Mm-hmm. And then I put him back in the hospital because I saw signs of the weakness came about again. He stopped eating again. Mm-hmm. Again, those are only signs. And I Crazy. knew something was wrong. And I took them back to the hospital, but just making sure that you oh you take care of your mental. And I say that as a nurse taking care of strangers, and as well as if you're in the position where you have to, you find yourself caring for your own family members, it's imperative that you take care of your yourself um, because you'll lose yourself very easily. Yeah. And if you're no good to yourself. Can't you, be, can't be can't up up any, you can't be good to any, you can't show up for anybody else if, you know, you, making sure you keep those people that are pouring into you, you know, and again, that's like your support group, your support team, your friends, your family, making sure you keep that positive energy around you mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, it's, it can be overwhelming and overbearing. And even if, you know, during the times where I was just, like, deflecting, like, my friend, not purposely, my friends understood, people knew, but I was very grateful that they were still there. Mm -hmm. Because when I finally broke, I had somebody to fall back on. Yeah. And they were there with uplifting hands just, like, to hold me up, so... That, that's, you know, just making sure you the company that you keep is also solid because, you know, you never know when you go through things or things happen unexpectedly in life, as we know. And you just want to make sure, you know, the people you keep around you are solid. And then you also want to make sure that you're able to have a sane mind, clear mind, as much as possible. Yeah. You know.
1: Take care of your mental.
0: Yeah, exactly. So take care of your mental. Ladies hashtag and gentlemen, take yes, care yeah, that's my hashtag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I think we're gonna end it here because I know okay. you gotta go. But I'm so happy <laughs> that you were on the
0: podcast. With we me. should do this again.
1: Like I like this. We could literally talk about so much. <laughs> oh, so I had much. so many more questions. Yeah, but we will we'll do it again. Yeah, we could definitely do it again. And I haven't done it in so long. And like our conversations at work just like inspired me to like right. you know I was like I gotta we I got gotta so get money. back on the podcast. Yes, we need to do this again. Yes. Asap. <laughs> All right, this was penlight thank you so much for listening if you thank have you comments or questions things that you wish you would have heard or um you know more question about hlh send me an email penlight podcast no spaces at gmail.com thank you for listening to this nurse